Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program today. Both myself and my co-host here are both financial advisors. Certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We help people with their finances make wise choices with their dollars so that they've got some financial independence in their life. So that retirement is a possibility and that work is an option and not an obligation. And that is the hope. So we have some. So we're trying to help people with. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful country. The opportunities we have here to create Whoever yeah. you want to become. I mean, it's yes. amazing. That's our, But we give advice. They don't always take it. I remember <laughs> I'd been in the industry maybe three years. This client says to me, I was telling me, oh, you need to do this. He's like, you're a financial advisor, not a financial dictator. Obviously. What, are you going to make him do it? <laughs> and I thought, whatever then. Good luck to you. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll work with people that value my advice and don't need. Or at least, or at least pretend to. Pretend to. If my doctor tells me something, at least I'll smile. Like I'm supposed to eat less processed foods. Oh. I'm not, I don't even know what to eat anymore. You, you know, you, uh, so I thought I eat a lot of processed foods anyway, but I'm reading a book, uh, The 12 Rules of Life. The compl- 12 Rules is that Jordan Peterson's thing? Uh, yes. Yeah. You read everything. You just caught onto this guy. Like, this book was popular, got a couple years ago, isn't it? Someone was telling me it was the 12 chapters of life, and I don't know if I get the wrong, wrong book, book <laughs> but I couldn't find the 12 months in a year. Like, wow, this is really interesting. <laughs> but it was interesting that, uh, that uh, we talk about people, that if a veterinarian gives a prescription to uh, a person for their dog and gives the doctor gives the same prescription for the person to take the pills themselves, the compliance for the dog is about 50 times better than the, the compliance for the people taking the medication themselves. Oh, so oftentimes people say, I don't want the medication. No, they'll say, okay, take this once a day and they'll give it to the dog once a day. Cause that was the vet. Yes. And they, but they won't give it to themselves every day. It's just a strange phenomenon about how people take in advice. And you obviously trusted the vet to give the dog the medication, and you obviously trusted your doctor to give you the medication, but then you overthought your doctor. It's like we all, everyone lies on how much they drink to their doctor, too. Not everybody, because some people don't drink at all, but... And they lie, and they tell them they drink more than they do. My doctor says, we always just figure it's double whatever you put down. Oh, is that right? That's what she says to me. <laughs> right? No, it's probably double whatever you put down. <laughs> you mean I'm drinking more than one can of beer a week? Actually, I went to the... I, last time I went, they asked me how much I drank, and I said, not enough. <laughs> Where's the not enough bar? <laughs> sure, the doctor thought it was hilarious. Actually, not it was the nurse. She thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> she enough. said, no one's ever answered this question. She goes, what do you mean? I go, if I had more time. <laughs> I am Irish. <laughs> All right, we better get uh, serious here in this business program. Uh, if you want to be part of our show, want to call us, ask us a question on anything financially related, we'd love to take your call. Uh, our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. And let's talk with Jennifer. Jennifer, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Good afternoon, Scott and Pat. Hi, Jennifer. What can we do for you? Well, so um, 2020 was a rough year for everyone. It was a little bit rougher for me because I lost my husband oh. and my mother within five months. Oh, I'm my sorry. goodness. I am so sorry. Um, and then my husband's passing, you know, we had a trust, so everything's fine there. My mom, um, I'm due to inherit probably almost $2 million. Okay. And I want to know what to do to protect myself. Um, yeah. I'm still fairly young. I'm 56. How old was your and husband? He was 60. Was it an unexpected death? Um, on Valentine's Day last year, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Oh, sorry. So. And your mother, did she have a trust in place? She did. 
Okay. She did, and I'm the successor trustee, so I'm managing her estate. Um, and how many beneficiaries? Benef- okay, thank you. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, besides myself, there's two other beneficiaries, my, my brother's children, because my brother predeceased my mom by several, several, wow. several years. Gosh. So my niece and nephew. Um, one will be 25 next month. The other will not. So I do have to keep the trust open because the terms of her trust say no distribution outright till 25. Okay. And this is your so, job. This is your job. This is my job. Okay. Um, and, yes. and what are the assets? How are the assets held in the trust now? Is it real estate? Is it stock? Is it cash? What, what, what is it? Or is it's, it a combination um, of everything? Well, she sold the house, thank goodness. So she had the proceeds from that. So there's cash. There is um, stocks that are, last time I checked, they're worth like $1.3 million. Um, And then all of us beneficiaries got an inherited IRA, which is a whole nother thing I need to deal with also. Was that IRA, was the trust named as the beneficiary of the IRA your mother's IRA or were individuals named as the beneficiary of the IRA? The individuals. Okay. And did she pass away in 2020 or 2021? Uh, December 2020. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, the, didn't the stretch rules change January of this year? I, it, I, they changed recently, and it was to 10 years, but yeah, I don't remember I if it January. was in, de- in December January. <clears throat> so you've got a number of different issues going on here. Right. One, Correct. the one that, that, that is going to be the most difficult, uh, the thing that you should worry about most is that your niece, who is uh, below the age of the distribution for the trust, you have a fiduciary responsibility to manage those monies in, on her behalf. Mm-hmm. So yes. you could do it yourself or you could go out and actually hire a fiduciary to do that. Um, my recommendation would be to hire a fiduciary to manage those dollars. And it doesn't have to be the whole estate. It just has to be those dollars that are set aside for your niece. It reduces okay. your legal responsibility dramatically. That's why you hire the fiduciary so that you're acting. I hadn't thought about that. That, that is. So when you, when I look at this, the first thing we ask ourselves is what, um, what, liability, what sort of risk does Jennifer have in this, right? Mm-hmm. So you have some risk there. I, if it were me, I would take the stock into cash today. I'd turn everything into cash and mm-hmm. I actually would then start distributing the money as quickly as possible to the beneficiaries. And you could do it in tranches too. Okay. Which means um, you, you, you just call the broker today and say, turn everything into cash. That's exactly right. what I do, as quick as possible. Just turn it all into cash. That way, it's off. <laughs> well, you, that whole te- from a, the step up basis in the current, I think it's the current infrastructure bill that's being pushed around. It will eliminate um, that step up basis. So you've just had a, a capital gain forgiveness mm-hmm. on so, these assets. So it gives you, you one. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to take advantage. You call the broker. You turn it into cash. The IRAs, because the trust wasn't named as the beneficiary of the IRAs, the individuals were, you just actually go to whoever the uh, advisor is on those IRAs, and each one of you sets up your own IRA, decedent IRA, and the money comes to that. You have nothing to do with that, by the way. That's not your problem as the trustee of the trust. That's right, because the beneficiaries on a retirement plan or life insurance plan supersede any other document you've got. Correct. Yeah. So that's but, already been I, done. Okay. And then the, the distributions need to take place over a 10 year period. I just rechecked the rules. It was beginning and beginning of 2020. You were no longer allowed to do a stretch IRA over lifetime. So expectancy. you, what you need to worry about your siblings are on their own and your, your niece and nephew are on their own is for those dollars, they have to be distributed within 10 years. The question that now remains to be answered, which no one knows, is does it all have to be drained in the in 10 years? Can you wait till the 10th year, or do you have to start required minimum distributions in the first year? I would take the safe route and do the required. I'd actually just divide the thing by 10 and distribute it that way. How big are the IRAs? Okay, so mine, I don't know what my niece and nephew, well, I do, but I'm not worried about them. Um, my IRA is, let's see, a hundred ninety thousand in positions and ninety thousand in cash. Okay, so, so two seventy, two eighty. Yeah, and I did the math. That's like thirty three thousand a year. 
Yeah, yeah. So you want to just you would just divide by ten and do one tenth distribution every year on those, just to be safe, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would you you want to hire someone as a fiduciary, bring it all to cash and start the distributions immediately to the beneficiaries. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Right. You know, except for the one that's not twenty five yet. Obviously, you want to put that in cash and hand that dollars over to a fiduciary for the benefit of her. Okay. Well, she, did she have a trust set up, or is is a probated will? It's a trust. Okay. It's a trust. Yeah. yeah. My yeah mom had because a in a probate, you can't distribute any assets until the yeah. probate's fine. But you can in this in this situation. Not that I'm an attorney. I'm in this attorney. situation, so you might want to distribute eighty percent of the assets immediately, and would retain twenty percent. You know, you get a final file a final tax return, and then you clean it mm-hmm. up the estate and get rid of you. You want it all done this year if you can possibly get it that way. Did that answer your question? I, it does, kind of. I Well, here's another one. I, I've talked to banks about setting up a trust for my niece, and because she is over the age of 21, I'm running into quite a few roadblocks. Um, do I set up a trust for her? No, you would just. I think you would just what? leave the money in the trust. Leave the money in the trust that's existing, so any tax consequences going forward have would you, be her responsibility. Are you having an, are you having any legal counsel through any of this? Yeah, I would actually. So, have you had an attorney I, review these trusts? Um, I work for an attorney, so <laughs> and okay. uh, he does uh, estate planning. Okay, all right, good. Thank you. Yeah. and what did he tell you? He said that the trust has to stay open. That's okay. That's <laughs> what I just said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't have to maintain all the assets. It just can maintain the assets yep. for your niece. So you can distribute Correct. everything yeah. but your niece's asset. And, and then, then if you hire a financial advisor, make sure it's invested properly. You don't have anything to worry about. And then, and then that trust files a tax return until uh, the dollars are distributed uh, when your daughter, okay. when your niece reaches the age of 25, if that's what so the trust stipulates. So it's not that difficult. And I wouldn't waste any time talking to a bank trust department. Yeah. Um, so for me, that unless was you my like that money. sort of thing. No, I don't. <laughs> my money. What? What? I want to pay off my house and pay off my car, so then I will Great. be completely debt free. That's right. Um. Where do I go from there? I mean, you sit down and do a financial plan and figure out when you okay. want to retire and how much money you're going to need. And the hard thing is, where you're just sitting, Jennifer, it's like for years you had a certain plan of, of reaching this stage in life with your life partner. Yeah. Who's not now longer here, unfortunately, right? So your, your vision of the future is probably still a little cloudy. <laughs> it is. Right? And that's pretty normal. And Oftentimes, when when someone becomes widowed, we say let's let's defer any big decisions off as far as long as we can. If there's some that we need to make because of tax planning or some of those things, let's make them. But if we can if we can take our time and making some of these decisions, that's usually for the better. And really, it's going to be your how these dollars are invested is going to depend upon what your your vision of your future is. And your vision will be cloudy for some period of time, so you don't have to make snap decisions, but you most certainly should start the process of doing a retirement plan, financial plan. I would mm-hmm. pay off the home and the car immediately. 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 That's yeah. that's a no-brainer. And then you would say, okay, well, maybe I want to retire in five, six years. Maybe I want to live here. Maybe I want to live there. What does that financial situation... And remember, a financial plan... And what are my options? Yeah, is a living document. It's not ever done, right? Right. Because life is never linear, as you well know. I know. <laughs> right? Yeah, the plans, yeah. the best made plans are, will not come to fruition the way we laid them out. So you just start the process. But what, just to get relief from you, I would actually try to clean that estate up simultaneously as quickly as possible by starting today, calling that broker saying, all in cash and then start distributing money out of that estate immediately because you're going to create animosity between your sibling and your niece and your nephew the longer it takes before you start distributing money if you haven't started already. Yeah, well, I have to wait till my nephew's 25, which, like I said, yeah, but will be next You don't have month. to wait on everyone. and You don't have to wait on I don't on have their... to wait on me. No, no, I'm no, the no. the only other... You, I would take so, care of the other ones first. You and the other ones, yeah. and just maintain the dollar amount for the niece in the in the in the trust. 
It's that easy. Yeah. Okay. And if you and were sitting in my office, office say, we could. Keep, we you could, might want to keep a few grand aside for yeah, you, final tax return. Distribute eighty percent right. of it now, and mm-hmm. maintain the the amount for. If you were sitting in an office with one of our advisors, we could map it out on a piece of paper for you in less than twenty minutes to show you. Okay, do this, send this, 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 this here. Maintain this much money in there, and then final. Once you final file the final tax return, then distribute the mo- the most. This is your niece's money. This is how it should be allocated. Uh, this is mm-hmm. uh, our fiduciary responsibility. And it's niece. important on that niece that you take what the, what's known as a prudent investor rule. That's like there's legal standards that state if you follow these processes and these principles that you're, you reduce your level of, um, of liability substantially and by not eliminate it. Yeah, by hiring a fiduciary, you help limit that liability. So you, you anyway, you get you know what to do. You know what to do. Yes, thank you both right. for the, the information and, and the answers to my questions. Yeah, and sorry. I'm sorry, uh, yeah. 2020, uh, terrible year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's bad for everyone, but yeah. it was especially bad yeah. for me. But, you know, um, well, one lose, day at a time. Losing a young spouse is not yeah. uh, never, never again. So. But I'll tell you, I have a friend that never goes out of the house anyway, and he was way ahead of the curve on this. Uh, what do you mean? He just... It just doesn't the homebody? Spend, yeah. So, like, you've, you're 15 years of, in front of everyone else in the year 2020. You have got this self-isolation thing down. You should be teaching classes on self-isolation. I read something. They said this pandemic has been a lot worse on introverts because and my wife is an introvert by nature, and she's used to having hours alone at home when no one's in the house. Oh. And oh. I've learned that. I Sometimes I just need to get out of the house. It's nothing against me. She just... She's more at peace when there's just total quietness around her. Oh. I don't understand that because I get bored with myself <laughs> in seven minutes. So I need people around me. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I like constant, a little bit of chaos. I walk around <laughs> the house with my <laughs> like, my phone in my pocket listening to talk radio. My wife's like, you, you do? Yeah. Do you have ear pods? Well, AirPods? no one's home, but then she comes home. There's a rule that I have to turn it off within 60 seconds of her entering the room. That's reasonable. Because <laughs> my wife will listen to some stuff, and I'm like, I, want, I, I don't care what it is. I just don't want to hear it. Do you have that rule, 60-second rule? I just give her a dirty look. <laughs> Hope she can figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure. Need a long-term I'm, successful marriage. I'm sure that's how exactly Don't I'm. state what you actually have on, on your mind or what your Make needs them are. guess. Just look at them. and like, you should figure it out. <laughs> that's always goes well. <laughs> okay, we obviously are not a counseling show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think I do understand, like, uh, basic marital communication. So. Yeah. All right, let's uh, continue on here. Uh, we're talking with Brian. Brian, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Guys, thanks so much for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I've got – my question is really about um, sort of the competing interests that I, as a young-ish parent, have in saving for retirement, saving for college for my two kids, paying down my own debts and how to sort of prioritize my marginal dollar with those competing interests. So, so maybe I'll sort of describe where I am with those and, and yeah. I would love your advice. So, so I'm 40 years old. Um, wife and I have two children, 11 and eight. Um, so elementary school um, have been saving, have about $80,000 already saved in 529s for them. And at the rate we're saving, um, we're, you know, we're on track for inflation adjusted, in-state, you know, full, being able to cover an in-state school fully for both of them, which is great. Okay. Um, so the, so that's one variable. Um, have about $400,000 saved in um, between 401ks, Roth IRAs, and together we probably are, we're not maxing out, but we're saving about 10 to 12% of our income. Are you a, are, are you, are you an engineer? I'm a lawyer, actually. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, when you said that you had five twenty nine eighty thousand, and you actually inflation mapped it, adjusted. inflation adjusted, <laughs> I fe- I yeah, thought, yeah. well, there's nothing we're going to do to help you much on this phone call. <laughs> but but well, we're, well, validate. Okay. I, we'll validate. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, so that's where on the retirement side, you know, I've got I'm not maxing out, but I feel okay about the trajectory we're on and those savings. The the on the flip, so those are sort of the on the investment side. On the debt side, you know, I've got. I just refinanced my mortgage when rates went so favorably last fall. I'm at 2.8%. Uh, it's a 30-year, but I'm paying on a 20-year uh, rate of pay to just to try to avoid some interest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I still got about thirty-five or forty thousand dollars in law school debt. That's about four uh, percent, and then I've got about a year's worth of living expenses if I never needed it for emergencies sitting in a brokerage account. And so okay. I'm sitting there going, "Well, do I keep throwing money into that brokerage account if I have leftover at the month? Do how, I how much did pay you... down the law school? Do I throw into you know where do I where do I put that marginal dollar? So so are you maximizing your Roths? Are you able to do a Roth? No, I'm, backdoor I'm, Roth? I'm not, I, no, I could backdoor. I have not backdoored, but I am income ineligible for Roth. Yeah, okay. So you you know how you backdoor have, Roth works. And you can only do, it only works I if do. you don't have I any do. other IRAs. Do you believe that the current administration will forgive any of your student loan debt? I don't think – I mean, for me, frankly, I don't think they should. If they do anything – That should. That's not, I, I would think it should be – well, I, well, let me put it this way. I think that in, uh, if they do something, it will be income-based, and I would not I would not expect being eligible. For example, I'm not eligible to deduct my student loan interest on my taxes because of the income yes. based out. All right. So here's what I would have actually considered. When I refinanced the mortgage, I would have actually considered taking another forty grand out and lumping it up. I probably would too, and I'm, I hate – Taking money out of mortgages, but he's but he's so disciplined yeah. in it. Uh, it. My recommendation would have been. Well, I, I sorry, I should have added. I also I have an equity line open, and I've got uh, that's at you know prime minus a quarter, so it's very low. I did it. I opened it for a for a renovation on the home. It's got about a twenty eight thousand dollar balance on it, but I've got a hundred and twenty additional cash available to me. If I, I would pay. To what I would that. do, I would. Use that to pay off that student loan. I would I would discontinue my twenty year amortization That's on right. the home for this period of time. I'd make all the chunk the extra against the home equity line of credit, which you use to pay off the student loan. And and when you think about what I've experienced with uh, families, saving for retirement, by the time the kids are in college, typically the family income relative basis is higher than it was when the kids were eight and eleven. They're further along in their career, right? Think think out another ten yeah. years from now, you'll probably be more valuable than you are today. Figure a way to market to compensate for that. So paying for some incremental expenses in in college, you've already gotten used to paying for the car insurance, the automobile. I mean, right? Right. It, right. It, 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 it it I think it sounds like. I mean, you've run the numbers. It sounds like you're on track. Um, anything is, we is do now is just kind of fine tuning and. Yeah. Is there anything about um, the way that financial aid analysis works that should inform whether you try to pay off your mortgage faster versus throwing extra cash into, you know, how, yeah, there, how I, your assets. There are, are but are uh, pop, your income level is probably at the point where you don't even qualify. I didn't even fill out the FASCA for whatever the thing was going to. And uh, yeah, okay. I, I actually, okay. yes, I actually, yes. Um, I, one of my kids, I called and said, you know, I need a discount because you give everyone a discount. They asked for me to send my tax return in order to get it. I'm like, okay, well, I tried. <laughs> it was a private school. Um, in this situation, I think that we could make an argument at that the cost of money at 4% for law school. And the 529s, I could actually make an argument that you push 100% of those 529s into equities um, and that you actually don't make contributions to the 529s until the law school debt is paid off that line of credit. Really? Yeah. So, so that's so interesting because the way I've always thought about it, and this may be dead wrong, is that if the interest, you know, I'd always rather pay to put money towards something that has the power of compounding interest as opposed to yeah. something that's a debt that has a simple amortization schedule. Ah, but the debt's con- – Is that the wrong way, is that the wrong way to kind. think about it? Well, think about but it. The borrower is the slave to the lender, and it never feels that way when things are going well. But the other side of it is there's – I would – I bet there's bond in your portfolio somewhere that pays a lower yield than – That's right. The cost of money of 4%. Yeah, yeah. Right. So get more aggressive in that in that fund in, so in the, those five twenty nine. Yeah, exactly. So all we're trying to do is actually just get rid of that four percent cost of money. You know, and we there was a window where you could have actually. The, the, the reality is, those are cleaning up around the corners, and and we don't even know the outcome because there's so many other variables. I mean, I'd give this a, a solid A A plus on planning. I really would. Yeah, we're just we're nitpicking now. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, you. I think keep doing what you're doing. You don't have anything to worry about. You got look okay. at it. I mean, you got cash set aside. You've got 
you're yeah. doing a great job funding your kids' education. You're saving 10% for retirement. You might want to save for a little more for retirement sometime in the future. You don't have an extravagant... Your lifestyle is little, is less than what you could could swing based on your income. That's we right. didn't even ask your income, but I can just tell. I, I think you're in good shape. I That's wouldn't... Right. Go worry yeah. about it something else. Well, you- Get better at your golf game <laughs> well, or thank something. You. I, well, that does need some work. Yeah. Um, um, I'd close with one other question, the one that you posed to me at the top, which is... You know, I've been deferring thinking about paying off these loans early because maybe the administration's going to do something on that. It doesn't seem likely to me, but do you guys have a view about that? I don't think it. it uh, I think it will probably be income based, but they're even talking about yeah. ten thousand dollars off everybody. everyone for everyone, yeah, just so. like off the top. So who knows? Right? Uh, it kind of made me feel bad that I didn't get student loan. My kids, I didn't make them take out student loans. I know, right? Where's the equity? Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break uh, and stick around for more All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Matt McClain. Thanks for staying with us. We think you're staying with us. Well, if you'd like to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784 if you have questions about your money. And I want to let you know, if you are nearing retirement, maybe in the next... Well, it's even five years of retirement or retirement eligibility, retirement readiness. We've got. Uh, it's been a weird year, obviously. So we <laughs> we we would typically do uh, uh, multiple work live workshops in a variety of cities, but we haven't done a live workshop in over a year. But we do have our seven personal decision point virtual workshop, and it's better than it's not it's not a cheesy um, just Zoom recording. It's actually done pretty well. Um, realizing that people's attention spans sometimes are difficult and learning platforms online. So it's pretty good, though. Uh, if you go to allworthfinancial.com, you go to our Retirement Resources tab. we got a whole tab that says Retirement Resources. And on there, you can see our seven personal decision point workshop. It's the seven areas that you need to consider, you need to address as you're preparing for retirement. So I would highly encourage you to, particularly before you retire, take a, invest a little time for yourself and watch that webinar. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Seriously. Uh, you're intimidated about money. Okay. Um, you're not interested in money. You're not interested in money. You don't care about your future. There's lots of reasons. All right. I'm going to go with that. I mean, look, we've been doing this a long time. So we started out, Pat and I started out working together at helping the phone company retirees in the early 90s. And they was, they was, the company was shrinking at the time and... We basically were we were young and we figured out if we become experts at those the pension plans, we could add a lot of value to these people's lives in the financial planning process. Some of them might choose to hire us, even though we were young kids and all that. Um, and during that time, that people had ninety days to make a decision on how they were going to elect their pension if they got an offer. So they could they could uh, make a decision, take a, a single a life pension, and if they die, their spouse gets nothing take some sort of reduction, their spouse would receive something, or take a lump sum. I remember this. And I remember people oftentimes would wait. They were already had taken a retirement offer. This window of time was ticking away. They finally come and talk with us, a financial advisor. And I remember thinking, what have you been waiting for? But the worst case, the guy came in on day 89, had to, had to get his paperwork submitted that next day. And I'm like, there is somebody who doesn't want to deal with their finances. He's intimidated by it. Scared oh, of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. We would actually encourage people to come and visit us regardless of how far they were away from retirement in case they got an offer. Back then, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the company was shrinking and it was basically, here's this retirement offer. You can either take this now or guess what? In a year from now, we're closing down this office. Yes. Anyway. So invest the time ahead of time, and even watch the watch the webinar. Um, well, go to our it? website, allworthfinancial.com. There's lots and lots retirement of resource center. retirement information there, all of which we actually produce in-house. Yes. 
So it is our opinion of the world. We're not buying it third party and sharing it. And we have you. a pretty good team, a technology team led by Pietro that um, uh, we're getting pretty good here, the yeah. stuff we produce. Anyway, let's uh, let's hit the phones here. Let's talk with Larry. Larry, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, thank you. I am I am planning on retiring in about two and a half months. Um, I work for a government agency. I get uh, I will get a pension, and uh, I will also get Social Security, which I which I plan on uh, drawing uh, in February when I turn sixty three. The um, sum of my pension plus my Social Security should replace my current income. My question is, I have um, $500,000 in a 457 offered through my employer, mm-hmm. and I've recently been approached about converting all or part of that to an annuity. Oh, yeah. And I want to know if that's a good or bad idea. So let me ask you, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess that you work for either a municipality or water district and the 457 is fulfilled through a private insurance company. That is correct. It's there we go. Through look, empower retirement. look at us. <laughs> so um, was the same people from the uh, 401k, the one offering the annuity? Uh, no, no, okay. it's not. Larry, you are the last person that needs an annuity. I would call this financial malpractice. You don't need an annuity. You've got annuities. You've got annuities replacing 100% of your salary. The annuity is called a monthly annuity, a retirement annuity <laughs> and from your employer and Social Security. How, how old are you? I'm 62. And are you married? I am. And does your spouse uh, receive, will your spouse receive a pension? Uh, she will. Uh, she'll receive a pension uh, a little less than mine. Um, uh, she's planning, uh, she'll, she'll probably retire about the same time I do at the age of uh, 60. And how, how, much in, and how much income do you need out of that $500,000 in savings? When, if you retire, will you start taking any income at all from that $500,000 in your 401k? Or 457. Well, I don't need any of it to survive and okay. sustain my current lifestyle. Um, however, I would like to move up into a um, into a nicer home. Yep. Um, and I will probably start drawing from it just so I can spend it while I'm still alive. Yep, I like that idea. And how much money does your spouse have in their retirement plans? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm actually kind of a newlywed. We got, we got married. We haven't been married a, a year oh, yet. Okay. Um, so, um, most of her, um, uh, retirement investments are in, uh, real estate rentals. Okay. All right. And your, your 401k, so, how's that alloc- your 457, how's that allocated today? I have about a third in, uh, Fidelity 500. And I have the other two thirds in um, Vanguard uh, target funds, about a third in uh, Vanguard 2020 and a third in Vanguard 2025. All right. So you've got mostly bond in the portfolio. You got about half bond in the portfolio, which, by the way, if you bought an annuity that was a a fixed annuity, it's bond backing it. Um, So if you needed anything, Larry, today... If there was, if you sat in an office with any one of our advisors, they would tell you to go get a trust, um, either with your spouse or away from your spouse, your new spouse, in order to direct these dollars at death. Uh, we actually have an appointment uh, June fifteenth oh, okay. uh, with a lawyer to draft. It's what, trust. I mean, it's really important. It, it uh, you know, it's a, a second marriage or whatnot, and there's oftentimes there's kids, and we want to make sure that the kids are. Protected and all those things. Well, perfect. Thank you. Uh, You absolutely do not need an annuity. You need an annuity like you need another hole in your head. Uh, That's great news because now I don't have to research the uh, (laughs) annuity. I mean, I would make the argument that you should should have more in equities because the the target date funds are mostly bonds because you're close to retirement. Your portfolio. If you did a if you did a net present value, I mean, if you looked at what it would cost you to replace that income, that pension, how much capital that would be, a couple million dollars, maybe more. 
That's what that pension's worth to you? So you already have this big annuity. The thing I'd want now is having somewhere where you've got some inflation hedge, you've got some growth, you've got some flexibility. You might say one year, heck, let's take a big chunk out of our retirement account. Let's travel the world for a year. Who knows? So I mean, I'm going to share a quick- You might as well keep that flexibility. You don't have to, you don't need that extra insurance. I, I'm going to share a quick story with you because uh, I met with these clients last week. I still work with some clients myself. I'm not taking new clients on, but I still have a number of clients I work with myself. They retired both from the state of California 20 years ago. Uh, they came into the office. They said, when do you think we can retire? I said, immediately. Uh, you've got all this money in cash. We're going to pay off your house. You're going to start Social Security and this. And oh, and by the way, because you're not going to need any money out. Now, this is 20 years ago. Out of your 401k, your 457s, we're going to go 75% equity on this and 25% in cash. That was 20 years ago. The conversation I had with him last week oh. is your 401k uh, and the IRAs, the 457s, have grown so large, we need to start gifting money out of the estate um, because you're not going to spend it all in your lifetime. And they came to me 20 years ago with a, with a concern that they didn't have enough money to retire. And quite frankly, because they had pensions just like you, their portfolios needed to be more aggressive than what they had them allocated. And I agree with Scott. Your portfolio should probably be 75 to 80% equities, and you're just going to live with the ups and downs in it. Okay, so be, be, uh, invest more aggressively than, than I currently That's kind of that's textbook financial advice. You talk to 10 certified financial planners, nine of them are going to give you similar advice. You talk to 10 annuity salespeople, and 10 annuity people salespeople <laughs> will recommend an annuity. <laughs> Because if all you have you is get, a, annuities, pay big commissions typically. And if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, I'm uh, really glad I don't have to do research <laughs> on the annuity products they're offering, which is um, the best uh, best information you could have given. Me. I appreciate and, it. We and wish if, you well. And right. if the sales guy has any problems with our recommendation, yeah, have we'll have a, We'd love to have this we, conversation over the air, and he can give us all the justifications why this is the right product for us. Yes, we'd love that. I would love it. We, by the way, we've offered this a number of times to annuity salespeople. Or life insurance salespeople. Or why this makes sense. And I've yet to have anyone say, we'd love to come on the show and have a de debate. So offer still stands to you folks out there. Let's talk to Jeff. Jeff, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question has to do with um, an inheritance I'll be receiving, and what should I do with it? I know that's – so I was just trying to get yeah. your opinion. <clears throat> What's, uh, what do you, who passed away? Um, unfortunately, my mother passed away in January, and there's uh, one piece of real property in the estate, and she died intestate, and I'm doing all the work myself oh, yeah. because in California, there's a, yep. a code. If the estate is small enough, you can take it through non-probate, and I'm hopefully I will get the property transferred into my name and my sister's name, and we can sell it and split the proceeds, and I know there will be short-term capital gains and taxes that both her and I have to pay. And I think I might come out with like sixty or 70000 okay. you know. And I'm just wondering, what should I do with it? <laughs> uh, what, what are you thinking about doing with it? Well, I'm kind of a money nerd, and I've been listening to you guys for a long time. And I think I should put it in my brokerage, because if you look at my total net worth where the pots of the money are, that's kind of the lean side of me. I do have like a small mortgage left on my house at forty five thousand, but the interest rate is so low. What's, I know if I, I could I could pay it off, but what's your taxable income? Um, it's pretty low. It's like I think this year it's going to be like thirty eight thousand. So, um, so that so the your standard deduction, and do you have any bond in your portfolio or any money in the bank? Um, I have like twenty one thousand in a brokerage account. And about 12000 of that's like in cash, just money market. How old are you? Um, I'm, I just turned 56, and I no longer work. So I'd pay off the house. I'd pay off the Even house. Even at the 2.39? Oh, yeah, where, absolutely. Where are you going to earn higher than 2.39? You put it in your brokerage account, and if and you leave it in what? cash, and buy what? 
Tesla? Well, what my Bitcoin? goal was is not to invest the money in cash in the brokerage account. My right. goal was to build out the brokerage account. And what happens if what, but if you're going to invest it somewhere, what happens if those investments do poorly? But he said he wanted to keep it in cash in the brokerage account, which is this, just pay off the mortgage. Because you're not going to earn well, 2.3%. No, yeah, I was hoping not to put it in cash in the brokerage account. I was hoping to build out the brokerage account with other asset classes. But you're, my goal was. But, so you're inheriting... Like what? Wait, wait, stop, stop for a second, Scott. You're inheriting yeah. 60, and how much do you owe on the house? Um, 45. Okay, right. so that's 15, the difference. You already have 12 in cash in the brokerage account. Put it in cash, that's 27. I'm just showing off my right. math skills now. So you have $27,000 in there. Invest that if you want. But you don't, it's, okay. not, an, it's not an either or. You're going to achieve both objectives. You're, My point being is that the, 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 the risk-free way, and there's no tax deduction on your mortgage because you're at the standard deduction. It, it, you, right. I can promise you 2% rate of return. Go crazy with a brokerage account at that point in time. Get as aggressive as you possibly want. You've got your home paid okay. off. You're, you're, you're going to increase your lifestyle because you're not going to make a mortgage payment. Right. So it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it might be the chicken thing to do. Um, That's not the chicken thing. You're 56 years old. You wouldn't just say, I think I'm going to go out and get a mortgage of $38,000 so I can put it and buy stocks. Well, that's a fair, that's a fair statement, right? Which is what you'd be I, doing. I yeah. agree. I don't have a mortgage on my house. I'm 58. I, mean, I don't have a mortgage on my house. I'm I 54. Just, I, I, I like, and I understand investing fairly well. I like building moats around my family. Okay. Protection well, around the family. When I get it, I'll write them a check. All right. Perfect. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, appreciate Jeff. the call. Thank you very much <laughs> for your time. It's not very exciting financial day. advice. I'm sure someone else could say, go buy Dogecoin or something or Tesla. It's such a great company. Or whatever. Yeah. And those usually don't end well. Or Solar City. Oh wait, Solar City was bought by Tesla from his brother, his his cousin. I thought his cousin started. I didn't. But then it was rolled up into it? his cousin did Elon's cousin. You and know, then rolled it into. Uh, into you got. I have. You got to respect Elon Musk for creating the cult of personality that he has. Well, no question. It's unbelievable. It, Most of his net worth is because of his personality. Oh, he he can he can he's like Britney Spears or any of the rock stars. He he's front page every day. He is front page. He's gonna. He's a very unique individual. But he's just a marketing like he's gonna put a Tesla on on in in space. Like that was for a little while. He's gonna send. Oh a no car no, to he's space. brilliant. He understands the human human yeah. nature very well. Yeah. I'm going to send a car to space. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You get a car in space. Where are you going to use it? You can't go anywhere. <laughs> well, he's going to, isn't he building a colony on Mars? That's his plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go to Mars with his family because mm -hmm. the, the climate's much better there. <laughs> Forget the climate change here. <laughs> What's the climate change like from going to here to Mars? <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, let's continue on here. 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of the program. We're talking with Maria. Maria, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Oh, yes. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I have a question about cash balance accounts. Um, I'm trying to help a friend. She is in her mid-50s, and I would like to help her straighten her finances and plan for retirement. Um, it seems like she has a cash balance account from a previous employer. Okay. Uh, she doesn't. She has not received any statements, or she no longer works for yeah. this employer, and she several times. So my question is, um, are there any hard rules around this cash balance account? Yep. So let me, are, let, me give you, let me give you and uh, the rest of us here uh, kind of understand what these are. A cash balance, it's a cash balance pension plan. These were created, uh, most of them in the 90s and in the early 2000s, whereas the company was trying to get rid of their old pension plan. So these old line, she probably worked for an old line company, the company like that manufactured. IBM or, or a phone company. Something or like utility that. Utility company. And so they had a traditional pension where you work for us for 30 years, we give you 2% of pay or whatever. And then they said, we can't afford this anymore. So just so turned out that the, the financial markets were able to create a product that the Department of Labor was okay with called a cash balance pension plan. Where it essentially froze a dollar amount, 
for the employee. And then the company would, would guarantee some sort of return on that. And in some companies, they actually would add to that cash balance each year as well. Based on uh, a predetermined formula. So but these- it's not like a 401k where you can say, I would like to invest it in this fund and this fund, this fund. The whole bucket is invested with the pension plan. The company is on the hook for those dollars. The company is the one who determines what the rate of, well, their, their underlying invest- investments determine what the rate of return is each year. And the be- reason behind this was these were designed to replace the old line defined benefit pension plans that had unknown liability to the companies that were issuing them, the the corporations. These actually were able to quantify the liabilities so that these companies could operate going forward. And that's why you saw them in utilities and airlines, uh, big old line companies. So my guess is that, that she retired from one of those or left one of those companies midway through her career. Would I be correct? Yeah, exactly, exactly. She started with this company when she was in her early 30s, and she worked there for about 15 years, but the pension plan was discontinued like five years after she started. I would, before I made, but before I made any decision on what to do with this, I would see what the return is because they guarantee the principal on it. And I, if I, let's say I had this from an old employer, I might say, I'm going to view that as my bond position of my portfolio. And if the yields there are better, which I suspect they are, by the way it's managed, um, I might be inclined to leave it there as long as I could. Because she does have an option to either withdraw the money, depending upon her age, she may have to pay taxes or penalties on it, or or roll it into an IRA. But she may be better mm-hmm. off just leaving it or there. Or roll into her current employer's 401k. You'd do that as well. But you have to right. see what the what kind of returns this thing's been doing and what her options are with it. Can some can they lock up until you're sixty five? Oh my question. I think some. I think uh, some. Sorry? I think some plans can lock them up till age sixty five. Yeah. And some actually give windows of uh, distributions That's right. too. That's right. Windows of, and yeah. it, it's uh, these are based upon the company rules because it's it, these are company benefits that the company contribute. This is not like a four hundred one k where an employee is contributing their own savings. These are company dollars, company benefits. There, there's a parameter they got to operate within that within the uh, you know, legal. She should be receiving a statement at least once a year. Is that correct? Right, but she moved and she hasn't updated several times. She well, hasn't updated. Her that's habits, an issue. Of course. That's an mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because We're what happens? Let me, let, let, let me tell you what, what happens. If the pensions that they're, they're 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 required by law to actually send notices, and if they bounce back in the mail, I think it's three, three years. years? Is it three years, Scott? We should know. We have the same rules we abide by. It yeah. all works. We have 13,000 households. We'd have to talk serve. to compliance, but I think it's three years. If the mail bounces back three years in a row, you're retire- required to turn that asset over to the state. Oh, even a cash balance account? Oh, which, yeah. Which is a retirement? Yep. Yeah? Yep. I mean, that doesn't mean it, the state doesn't keep it. Yeah, the state doesn't. They're, gonna, they're it's, hoping it's that they can find the owner. It's considered lost property. So she needs to contact the company that she was mm-hmm. getting those statements from and ask and mm-hmm. give them the new address. And then the decision is, what do I do with the money after there? But it may have already been turned over to the state. How much, lost how, property. Do you, does she have any idea how much money is there? No, she only knew that five years to within her career, uh, they got the plan got discontinued. Okay. So she was... And why isn't your friend calling us? I know. I'm just shaking my head. Why is, well, is your friend? She's lucky that you, she's got you in your life. No kidding. <laughs> I wish you were my no, friend. She's also. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, she's there with you. No, she's not here, yeah. but she's also an immigrant, and I am a student of the Hanson McLean School of Finance, <laughs> okay. so I decided to help her. <laughs> well, we're all immigrants a little bit, aren't we? <laughs> Just depends how far we go back, I decided, I, I read, I did some research online, and I was confused because it seemed to be like a combination between a it pension is. plan and a 401k. It is. It is. And, That's, they uh, are confusing. That's why we went through a little backdrop on them. Yeah. So she, she, yeah. you need to chase you need to chase it down. There's you, a good chance it just makes sense, particularly if it's not let the roll it into an IRA where she has control over it and can see <laughs> it. But um she 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 needs to take more responsibility for her, her financial life. 
Right. We will do that soon. But my question, I had a few questions that you already answered. But my question, is there like um, age that she needs to meet, like the um, IRA, for example, 59 and a half, where no. she can have... She can roll no. it into an IRA at any yeah. point in time if the company allows it. If the company mm-hmm. allows it. Yeah, there it. might be certain windows that they... So so some, okay. you can roll it at any time, and they'd be happy to send you some. They just open windows. I did an analysis on one uh, this girl from high school. I asked her out twice in high school. She said no. She calls me back 40 years later and asks a question about her finances. Like, what the heck? I did point out to her, you know, I asked you out twice in high school, and you said no. <laughs> Naturally, she didn't remember. <laughs> she didn't remember you. She, we went to high school together? She just remembered. You mean you sat behind me for three years? I <laughs> She's like, well, you know, my friend that you knew in high school said to call you. I don't remember who you are. Like, we we could have had a... Is that really what she said? No, she remembered okay. me. She didn't remember me asking her out, though, That Scott. is funny. But she I didn't. Did. No, but she had a cash did, balance. Did she, she actually know at the time that you were asking her out? Or is it, uh, uh, so what are you doing uh, Thursday? Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like most anyway, boys. but my point being is that she had a similar question, and we decided actually to leave the money at the company. In her particular situation, it made sense to defer the decision until her yeah, age so sixty-five. Step one is contact the company, get current statements on it, and just look to see what the returns been the last two or three years. You know, that'll tell you right there what kind of uh, growth assumption because it may be much better than a fixed income, and they guarantee the balance. So it might make sense to move it there, but then again, it might make sense to move it on into her 401k or current IRA and manage it, manage it that way. So Maria, glad you called and um, uh, glad you were part of the Handsome McLean School of uh, Finances. Now the Allworth School of Finance. Yes, because we rebranded. It's funny. Someone said to me the other day, how is it working for Allworth? I looked at him like, <laughs> it's the same company. What are you talking about? We, we changed our name. I mean, that's, that's all. Still Scott Hanson and Pat McLean here yeah. at the helm. And doing the radio program or podcast or whatever the thing is morphed into as times have changed. But anyway, we are out of time. Um, been great being with you. We do have got a we got a great website with lots of good material at allworthfinancial.com. Encourage you to check that out if you haven't recently. And uh, we'll see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.